You are listening to the cycling podcast at the 2023 Tour de France Fan. Today we're in Pau. Well, that was the sound of Demi Vollering being crowned uh, the yellow jersey, uh, the maillot jaune, if I said that very well. Yeah, I, think, I think you said you're the, French the, 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 the mag maglio jaune. I think you're getting a little confused Mal with maillot, the Giro d'Italia. Oh yeah, Malia. No, Mayo Jean. Mayo Jean. Mayo Jean. It's been like this a week though, Jenny. Rose, it? how many beers I have just, you had already? I know it's the end I've, of the Tour de France. I've had a, but I've we've had got a work tiny. to do. <laughs> we did. But I literally all week with Denny, I've been slipping into Italian. Sometimes I just slip into Croatian, uh, but never French. Problem never with French. being a polygot. <laughs> what? Well, not be well. If a polygot could also mean not being good at any languages, uh, also being both uh, as rubbish at all languages um, equally, I guess. Thankfully, uh, though, well, Rose, you're quite good at English because that's good because we've got a podcast for you to present tonight, haven't we? We do, we do in English. Thank goodness. And uh, yes, I was going to say that was uh, Demi Vollering. Um, taking her yellow jersey, uh, the crowds, there was a huge crowd actually in Poe and they were lining the time trial uh, route, weren't they, Denny? And uh, I mean, Demi Volling didn't get the biggest cheer of the day, it has to be said. Uh, the biggest cheer of the day actually went to Cedrine Kerbal, uh, of course, uh, the white jersey uh, winner. But a bit more about that uh, later. Well, uh, you know, Denny, where are we? Here we're in a very buzzy, lively place. It's uh, it's the most buzzy place we've been uh, all tour. It's lovely here, isn't it? It's really nice. We're in kind of Po Old Town uh, at a bar called Le Piano Sans Nuit. Um, really kind of a hive of uh, uh, excitement and uh, an activity and uh, everyone out kind of enjoying a, a kind of cooler evening than we've been used to on this tour. Um, but yeah, it's a nice scene, isn't it? Kind of toddlers mixing with adults. Um, very happy but, but, but that will explain if there are there are some toddlers playing recorders uh, so if you do hear um, some rather shrill recorded music that is uh, what uh, is going on there but um, yes we've got our beers in hand and, and Lizzie I've seen actually for the first time uh, you've poured yourself a beer as well I've poured I have I've poured myself a quack um, for an absolutely quackers Tour de France it says on the bottle a true yes. Belgian original so clearly tipping its hat to Ooh. Lotte Capecchi there um, but yes, beer in hand, celebrate the end of Tour de France fam. Okay, uh, well, more about Lottie Kopecki and what a phenomenal ride uh, she had uh, a bit later. Well, actually, I'm kind of giving way too many spoilers already. I told you what who several of the jersey wearers at the end of the day are. So you better get on with your tale of the etape, Lizzie, or you'll have no surprises left. <laughs> it's time for the tale of the etape. Well, the final stage of this fabulous Tour de France fam of Zwift was poised for a right royal showdown on the regal streets of Poe. 22.6 kilometres of tarmac lay ahead of the riders today for the ultimate race of truth in the final battle for the general classification. FDJ Suez's U23 time trial champion Vittoria Guazzini set an early benchmark of 30 minutes and 36 seconds and spent a long time keeping the hot seat nice and warm as she handed it over to her teammate Grace Brown. At the mid-race tea break, the Saint-Michel-Aubert 93 team were catching the headlines with their Saint-Michel biscuit design disc wheel. However, there were a few reports out on the course that it looked a little bit crummy. Oh! oh. 
I've even written That's... pause into my Taylor Fear tab. <laughs> Beautifully done. Everyone was admiring uh, that biscuit wheel. Oh yeah, I took today. plenty of photos. It was excellent. Pre-race favourite and European time trial champion Marlon Reuser had a mid-race frustration when she rapidly caught the UAE team car on a fast downhill, but the extra adrenaline clearly did her no harm and she powered home 40 seconds faster than Brown and laid down the gauntlet with a time of 29.15. The GC race of truth up next, tight at the top with a lot at stake in the battle for the podium. Ashley Mormon Passio was the first of the hopefuls, down on Royce a significant 1 minute 32 at the halfway check, with Kopecky hot on her wheels and only 30 seconds down. Her race for the podium was on. Van Vluten, with only seven seconds to spare to Kopecky at the start of the day, off the pace at one minute, one second through the check, and the podium was slipping through her fingers. Cassia Niviadoma in the polka dot jersey was having the time trial of her life. A single second behind Kopecky at the halfway point, finally Vollering stormed through in a commanding time as the second fastest rider on the road. Coming into the finish line and Kopecky caught Mulman Passio in the closing kilometre, crossing the line only 37 seconds behind her teammate Reusser and guaranteeing herself a podium spot. The race was on for Niviodoma. She needed to finish in 30 minutes and 37 seconds to hold on to her second place spot. She attacked the final climb as the seconds and tension rose and crossed the line in 30 minutes, 38 seconds and 21 hundredths of a second. Vollering coming across the line in yellow now, the GC win never in doubt with a superb second place in the time trial, just 10 seconds down on teammate Marlon Reuser. A 1-2-3 for SD Works today, with Reuser, Vollering and Kopecky dominating the time trial and sweeping up all the podium places. It was a nail-biting wait for the confirmation of the second place on GC, as Kopecky and Niviodoma were tied on time, three minutes and three seconds behind Demi Vollering. It was, in fact, yet another 1-2 for SD Works, with Kopecky second place on the general classification by 21 hundredths of a second to Niviodoma in third. A visibly emotional Annemiek van Vluten had to settle for fourth place after admitting she hadn't felt herself the past two days. Juliette Labousse jumped up one spot to fifth after a strong time trial. Mormon Passio, Utrecht Ludwig, Santesteban, Bauenfeind and Spratt rounded out the top ten. Sedrine Kerbal of Saratizit WNT wrapped up the white jersey, Niviodoma, adding the polka dots to her third place on GC. A hugely successful week for SD Works saw them take four out of the eight stage wins. The green jersey, a 1-2 in the general classification, and Demi Vollering, Queen of the Ardennes, was now crowned in yellow as the Queen of the Tour de France Femmes. I know it's not Femmes, but I just needed to throw that rhyme in there. <laughs> Finish with a flourish on this final day. <laughs> oh, I love it, uh, Lizzie. And we, uh, well, SD Works finished with a flourish, didn't they? Absolutely. One, two, three on the time trial. Uh, one, two on GC. Um, Marlon Royce, uh, I mean, we, we were going to record an interview with Marlon Royce, weren't we, in the mix zone, Denny? Uh, but uh, she was in her uh, typical fashion, giving a totally authentically herself, totally honest answers. And when people were saying, oh, you know, how you know surprised and delighted are you for, for winning this time trial? She was like, it was a surprise, was it? She just... So we were like, yeah. you know, what do you, Marlon... What do you expect me to say? Was her answer. <laughs> so we were like, okay, well, maybe we'll let uh, Lizzie... No, you're, we know Lizzie, you're... Actually, you've had a fa your friends have had a fantastic week. If anything, <laughs> uh, the greatest thing you can do to propel yourself into a chart, you'll propel your chances up of winning a stage of the Tour de France fam, is to be 
very good friends with Lizzie Banks. Be friends with Emma the cycling Norsgaard. podcast, Femina, I think, is the, is the key oh, to is it. Oh, is that also Yeah, it. I think that's so, it. So, yeah, we had Emma Norsgaard, of course, uh, and Marlon Royce. But, I mean, yeah, there isn't much to say about Marlon Royce winning this time trial. Uh, no, no, she, she was the out-and-out favourite. I think there's more to say about Vollering's performance being 10 seconds back after her performance on the Tourmalet yesterday and also Lotte Kopecky's performance as well. She, you know, she was 37, I think, seconds back in the end. Um, but, uh, you know, looking ahead to the World Time Trial Championships, you know, Vollering is, Vollering is closing down that gap to Marlon Reuser in the time trial. It's very, very impressive. And uh, I would imagine that perhaps the skin suit that Royce had may have been faster you know it'd be one that they've tested and one that they've really refined mm. and of course Vollering you know had this yes it's a fast Santini Sim skin suit but there was very very late very last minute alterations to all of the jersey skin suits last night at about midnight so um, yeah I think Vollering is going to be really interesting to watch in the world championships and see how that fight unveils between her and Royce. I mean uh, I think it was obviously a second stage victory for Marlon Royce after winning last year I think it's the first the first rider to win stages in in both editions um, and the oldest oh, rider in this edition Ah, oh, I knew it. Oh, I knew damn, I sorry, Debbie. Sorry. I was just, no, it's all right. I should have fact-checked myself before I said that. Um, I but didn't yeah, even it have was that in front of me, off the top of my head. But just wait, well, wait for me to finish this well. beer and then it'll slip through the net. <laughs> <laughs> what I love is also, there's, like we've been joking all week, there has only been two editions. So there's a I know. very small amount. Very small <laughs> Terrible. Point, you could have checked that Terrible against. homework on my front, wasn't it? Anyway. Uh, but she, anyway, well, so good, I can't even remember what I was going to say now. Are you going to say uh, that Marlon so, Royce is the first rider to win in both editions? But um, but I mean, she what second, is second amazing rider. about Marlon Royce is that she has, uh, I mean, she has won in two uh, very different circumstances. So last year, obviously, she made a solo break uh, for the line, and obviously, this was the first time trial that there's been at the Tour de France, fam, uh, as we know it. Uh, and yeah, she took that victory as well. You know, it's funny because this is, I guess, the first edition that she's actually finished because the day after she had that stunning victory last year, she actually crashed out with a concussion and so wasn't able to, to finish the, the race. So um, great for her to be able to finish the race with, uh, well, all, all the teammates, bar, bar Lorena Vibas, who obviously had to go home due to stomach flu. But that's interesting in itself, actually, because, you know, coming on to Van Vluten, who said that actually she was feeling like she had a bit of tummy trouble. There's really something going around the peloton at the moment. Um, a a lot of riders have been under the weather this week. Um, Elise Chabet also saying that there's something wrong with her. She's fighting some kind of virus. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to curve this away now before we go too much into uh, the tummy trouble discussion. <laughs> because just because of where it got us last time a couple of nights ago when we started talking too much uh, about uh, tummy Andriette. trouble... Um, but, yeah, I mean, it w at one point, uh, Denny, when we were watching, obviously, we did think that Vollering actually had a chance to take that stage. And, you know, that is kind of what you want from the yellow jersey wearer, don't you? You want to see a, a kind of fantastic dominating performance that really proves that they are the strongest in the race and they deserve to have that yellow jersey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Vollering proved uh, herself the strongest yesterday on the Tourmalet. And uh, today was a confirmation of that. Um, it, you know, when we when, I, when we heard from Marlon Reuser in the in the post race interview, she said uh, she was asked about you know was she nervous about her teammate kind of taking snatching victory from her, and she said, well, you know, I expected that, you know, that she she knew that her clear, her nearest rivals were her teammates, and and so it proved with the one two three, the first one two three in the Tour de France fam, <laughs> fact checked already. I believe you. <laughs> uh, 
But, uh, but also uh, it confirmed actually what we were all thinking at the beginning of the Tour de France fam, uh, that SD Works might have a stranglehold on the race. And in fact, you know, going into uh, stage seven, it was kind of even Stevens between SD Works and Movistar and the wheels seemed to be falling off with SD Works somewhat with all the shenanigans about the time penalty mm. and Danny Stam's ex exclusion and so on and so forth. And we weren't sure which way it, it went, but actually in the end, it was absolute domination from that team, wasn't it? I mean, they, they won the last two stages. They've won four out of the eight stages in the Tour de France. They've got one, two on GC. Uh, they won the green jersey. Uh, I mean, it was uh, absolute domination. And they've had the yellow jersey all week, haven't they? Well, let's yeah. hear from uh, Demi Bollering, who uh, gets to take home uh, the yellow jersey. This year's Tour de France femme champion. Demi, do you think you've learned anything about yourself? You came in here with a lot of expectation and you performed exactly how you needed to perform. Have you learned anything about yourself? Ah, uh, yes. This week um, I was a bit more nervous than I like was already the whole season. So this was again that I was like, ah, why is it not going like I did already the whole season? But I think also because this was like my main goal. So um, I was just so focused and you need to find a good balance between focus but also some like calmness um, and in the beginning of the week I lost a little bit that calmness and I was a bit maybe too too focused so my team was really amazing with uh, yeah reminding me okay Demi calm down <laughs> um, relax a bit and enjoy and uh, yeah uh, that was sometimes hard but it was just really nice to to have them also around and keep reminding me well, it was a bit of a uh, it was a thrilling time trial. Maybe not for the the winners' position, maybe not for the yellow jersey, but certainly lower down, uh, it was a, a thriller. And uh, actually, Denny, you kind of got a little bit of a taste of how thrilling that time trial might be, didn't you? When uh, when we uh, well, we really we snuck onto the the course, didn't we? Um, for another one of your first. So uh, let's uh, hear us a little bit earlier in the day. Um, trying to get sneak on to the course. Well, Denny, it's time for another one of your firsts. Uh, and that whirring sound that I'm sure listeners can hear in the background is uh, a bike that we've borrowed from Ollie from Hunt Wheels, who is very helpful. Uh, Maybe too helpful, Denny, because uh, we're gonna—you're actually going to be taking the bike onto uh, the course today, the TT course that the riders are doing, uh, onto the final. Well, it was going to be 600 metres, but it's going to be a kilometre now, isn't it? At least a kilometre. Yeah, I think it'll either be a first time riding the end of a, a Tour de France stage course, or the first time I get ejected from the Tour de France when an official spots me and I shouldn't be on the course. But uh, let's see, <laughs> see what happens, Rose. What do you think my chances are? I think probably best chance we've got at the moment the course is uh, closed. We actually can see right now Anushka Costa uh, of Uno X going past. She's doing her recon, but we've got the uh, caravan is all parked on the little steep ramp that goes up into the finish line. Uh, so we're thinking it's the best chance that we've got. We just haven't come across another police van though. Not a good sign for us, is it? No, there are police dotted along the final kilometre here. So. Uh yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But uh, once I get to the caravan, I think we might, I might be able to kind of hide myself in amongst the melee there, even if I can, av if I can avoid getting a hat put on me or something as I go along. 
Well, they'll just think that you, you look like, uh, of course, the kind of person that would like dancing on a podium for five hours around France uh, yeah. uh, over time. I'll just have to do some dancing as I'm cycling up the 10% or more slopes of the final part of the course and uh, try and whip the crowd up like uh, the caravan do. Well, we're going to try and get you on the course, aren't we, Dan? which might be our biggest challenge uh, today, but uh, let's see how we get on. Okay, so we're at the one kilometre to go barrier here and Rose is going to try and shift the barrier a little bit right in front of an ASO official. <laughs> See if I can squeeze the bike onto the road. So I'm onto the course now. Stepping onto the bike and uh, let's see how I get on. <laughs> Merci Rose. Rose is just wishing me good luck there. Through the kilometre to go barrier and ahead, I can see a, a real melee of cars and um, uh, as I go along, there's a bridge just ahead of me and, uh, and after the bridge are the steepest ramps of this course. Um, I think on, from the road book they got up to 10%. I'm going to get overtaken by a rider here, so let's see who goes past me. Yeah, I am not going to be matching uh, anyone's pace, but so far so good. The uh, policemen on the course are just looking at me as if I'm... Uh, should be here so that's good news so far so this is the beautiful river i should know the name of the river but i don't i'm gonna have to check that out afterwards uh, and we can see uh, the, the the town in front of us the spires of churches and buildings it's uh i wasn't told much about po it was, i think i was led to believe it's not a the most picturesque of towns but it it certainly has its uh, beautiful parts and uh okay so here come the the steep slopes and I'm being overtaken here by uh, Rihanna Marcus uh, going way, way faster than me. I've uh, passed the Jayco Alula cars. I've got Jumbo Visma behind me. I'm going to have to get a wriggle on, actually. So 500 metres to go under a, a bridge uh, just in front of the Team DSM car. And now, as you can probably tell from my breath, the slopes are starting to, to ease up. I may have to change gear. Okay, so I'm going to have to go through this bit quickly because I've got riders right behind me. I'm getting a few out. Merci, merci. Oh. Oh. Very grateful to have a bit of a coach. Well, this, this is definitely the sleepest slopes. Now I can see the 300 meter sign ahead of me. I am in one of the lowest gears in the bike and it's not easy work holding a... the uh, top of the hill I've been told to stop Anna Anderson just going past me a load of EFF EFF oh I can't even say it. EF education riders uh, I'm not allowed to the finish line unfortunately but that last three or four hundred meters uh, 
before we get to the 200 meter point uh, really took it out of me. So uh, at the end of a 22 uh, odd kilometer time trial, uh, the riders are going to need something left in their legs because uh, that is certainly leg sapping. Uh, but great to get the encouragement of the crowd, as you, as you heard, they're uh, kind of filling up in good spirits. And uh, yeah, that was quite a moment actually, just uh, waving my arms in the air as, uh, as the uh, crowd cheered me on. Uh, very grateful I got to, got to do that. What an experience. myself have just got to the top of this climb and I'm it was hard enough to walk up it so I don't know how Denny there he is there he is okay I'm gonna okay let's run over to Denny now Denny <laughs> how was it did you did you make it I don't even know if you made it you were so you were so quick you were so out of my sight almost immediately I've no idea if you made it to the top or what I got to the top of the hill but not to the finish line I was directed off to the uh you did all the hill. Where was the caravan? The yeah. hardest part, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was that was severely hard. I mean, that's going to be uh, a real leg sapper at the end of uh, end of the race. But I don't know if you saw, I was getting cheered on by the uh, the crowds. Uh, overtaken. All those cheers were just for you. I know. Just of it only, as well. only for me, not for Rihanna Marcus, the, <laughs> the Dutch time trial champion, or <laughs> like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, they were cruising past me, and they're just on their warm up. But uh, you know, I mean, it, it was just an amazing experience, just to even you know get a fraction of what the riders get at the. At the as they ride along the course there and the, the, the atmosphere and you just needed to point the uh, the mic at the crowd and they were kind of cheering away it was just uh, brilliant what a thrill no it's amazing i mean i, I definitely have I, I mean i don't i very rarely recon uh, a course in, in that way so i'm giving you a first that i would never bother doing myself but also i mean to be actually riding it with the riders that's actually a really rare thing to be able to get because obviously they're warming up and checking the course and they're all coming kind of ones and twos past you, Denny. Were they all going past, past me? You? Yeah, but I had to weave in and out of the team cars, uh, make sure there's no riders behind me, and I wasn't going to like cause a crash or anything. But yeah, it all seemed fairly relaxed. I mean, as, as we as I set off, of course, the caravan was still there, but they slowly made their way uh, out the way. We could still hear the crowd banging on the barriers there, trying to whip up the uh, whoever's coming through next. But yeah, I mean, we're only like 10 minutes away from the start of the the time trial, so was, to have that access was uh, yeah, it's quite something. I think you need to go in your your customary change of t-shirt. I mean, yeah, this is this that's probably harder than our roller palooza effort actually. Just, no, come on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, but that was uh, yeah another another kind of stunt I've had to pull where I've just got going to end up as a sweaty mess for the rest of the day. A very big thank you from us at the Cycling Podcast to Matt for supporting our coverage of the Tour de France and the Tour de France fam over the past few weeks. Very much appreciated and we're very proud to be kitted out by Matt as well. Uh, Matt was founded in 2013, the same year as the Cycling Podcast actually, and in the past decade it's grown from a Melbourne-based company to embrace a global community of cyclists. Over the past few weeks we've been speaking to co-founder and co-CEO Jared Smith and I wanted to know how he felt when he travels outside Australia and sees a map jersey so far from the company's spiritual home. G'day, this is Jared from Map, and I'm the co-founder and the co-CEO. Some of the greatest moments I've had at Map is when I popped up in London or Montreal, and I've been out on a 
taken my bike and I've gone out for a ride and then in the middle of nowhere I see someone riding in a map kit and it's just the overwhelming sensation of oh man look at that like here I am so far from home and there's map out in the road on that person enjoying themselves having a you know great time the feeling I get when I see someone wearing a, a map kit I feel like they're I know them and I wave and I even say g'day and I start talking and I forget because when it started, I did know everyone that was wearing it and I still feel like I know them. I'll stop and talk and say g'day. How's, oh, I love your kit. Well done. It's like the, the map family is getting bigger and bigger. And when you talk about the cycling podcast, jersey, I'll wear that a lot. It's one of my favorite jerseys and I get so many comments on that jersey. So I know when you see one out there, it stands out because it's very um, – bright and you know you can it's, it's not just a black kit it's quite colorful and i love that jersey and i can imagine if you see another one on the road you got to pull up next to them and say good day because you've like-minded if you've chosen to buy that jersey it's uh, you know they must be listening to the podcast or you know fans of map and yeah it's, it's great it's like brings everyone together just it's like one big family check out everything map have to offer at map.cc well, of course, one of the other riders that we were looking at at the beginning uh, in the morning uh, was Annemiek van Vluten. Um, she obviously came into this as the defending champion for the Tour de France fam. Um, and uh, we saw that well, she seemed at first she seemed to have the legs uh, on the cold ass fan yesterday uh, and then perhaps not the legs that she wanted uh, on the tourmalet. And it was kind of a little bit confirmed, Denny, today that she's not quite... Um, not quite where she wanted to be, not quite feeling how she wanted to feel um, when she uh, finished the time card today. Yeah, I mean, as we were here in the interview, she couldn't quite explain uh, or put a finger on what was wrong, but she, she just felt, said she didn't feel quite right. And, uh, and, you know, and clearly she hasn't performed in the way that I guess she'd hoped to uh, going into uh, these last two absolutely crucial stages. And the thing is, you know, when when what's matter you need to be on absolute peak form and, and she felt she wasn't quite there well let's hear from her now after today you, you said that it was like two difficult days or, or can you explain why what, what happened to you yeah i don't know what happened to me obviously i didn't have my level that i can have normal i think um, yeah then it's maybe also better to have really like not your best days like uh, it was not that i was not pushing i, I give everything i had today so I'm proud of that. Uh, also, I gave everything yesterday, everything that I had, but apparently, uh, I don't know what happened. I didn't have my normal level. And yesterday, after the finish, uh, I felt already like a bit strained stomach and not so well. Also, this morning, I still didn't feel my normal me. Uh, I felt a bit, but I felt like I didn't have a high temperature, so I thought I'd give it a go. And um, yeah, this is what it is. So to be out of the podium, also, it's like a, another deception today? Um, I was a little bit, how I knew um, how I felt yesterday, then you also know that it's hard that you will recover from that in, uh, in a really short time. So um, I was still hoping for it and going for it, and, um, but I knew that it would be hard. We saw you quite emotive after the finish line. What was crossing your, through your mind? Now I was more emotional for my teammates, that they were so nice uh, to be there. I found it such a nice gesture. After, yeah, they worked so hard for me the whole week and um, then to, to be here there at the finish line like me, like such a warm welcome. Movistar team is really a warm family and I always had, I had a really good time there, three years. 
I think we achieved a lot of beautiful memories and that's also what the manager told me and that will not make any difference after this bit disappointing to the fans for me personally and for the team, for the GC, but not in general because we did win two stages. Uh, but I think we achieved a lot uh, together and, and yeah, that, is, um, that was really nice to hear those words of the manager at the finish. That was Annemiek uh, van Vluten uh, there speaking uh, after the finish in the mix zone. Um, and I have to say, though, straight after the finish, uh, one of the most amazing sights I've actually ever seen, probably in bike racing, was seeing all of her Movistar team standing on the finish line, uh, waiting for her to finish, applauding her, shouting, champion, champion, champion. And she was, you could see she was extremely uh, emotional. I know in, uh, in, uh, when she was uh, speaking to you, uh, Denny, she kind of referenced the fact that she was thinking about her teammates. Um, and they were applauding her, uh, hugging her, and you know, just saying how proud they were uh, of her effort today. Because it's a phenomenal effort. I mean, we come to expect phenomenal things of Annemiek van Vluten. And uh, you know, when she d falls slightly short of being the most dominant, the most yeah. impressive rider, then it's then we feel a bit like she hasn't quite uh, achieved what we expect to achieve, which is which is ridiculous. So it was kind of uh, a beautiful moment to see um, her team out, and and also she had so much uh, respect and love for the other wins that have come from the team, Liana Lipper, of course, and Emma Norsgaard, both winning uh, this week. Yeah, she's certainly leaving a good legacy in her wake, isn't she? And I think that the biggest thing that she's given that team in the time that she's been there is the confidence that they need in order to go forward and you know create other winners and, and understand how to ride in a, in a winning way and understand that mentality. And I think there's so many riders that have been in that team for a really long time that have just grown so much since Annemiek van Vluten's been there. I mean, I think Paula Patino and Sheila Gutierrez are, are two riders I could name in particular who just their growth under the tutelage of Annemiek van Vluten has been huge. Um, she is going to leave a huge gap, huge, huge gap in that team next year. And, um, you know, she talks there about, um, you know, taking a sabbatical next year and we don't know exactly what she's going to do going forward. But, um, you know, I hope that, I hope that we'll see her in some, some form in some team because she's got so much to give you know she started in 2008 she's got so many years of experience and so you know she's she's done everything she's really done everything she's experienced the highs she's experienced the lows she knows what it's like to go through it um and she can really bring other people up around her and that's that's clearly what we've seen with Movistar you know they they were not a team that we'd have been talking about winning grand tours before she went there and she has risen the level of the whole team staff and riders and I think it's it's pretty impressive yeah, I mean, one thing that struck me this week is, uh, you know, not having kind of been on the inside of races before is just what a great ambassador for the sport she is. Yeah. You know, she's I've just been so impressed with how she's always taken time to speak to the press, even today when she was obviously experiencing immense disappointment. Uh, she'd you know finished fourth on GC, which is not what she came here for at all uh, in her final year. Uh, she she took time to come back to the mix zone not, well after no, the race. Which is not an obligation at no, all. No, no, well after the, the race is finished. That normally have to do that. And she didn't, you know, and she took time to, to answer all the questions really patiently. And uh, I don't know if you picked up in the interview, but she was still quite emotional when people were asking mm -hmm. about uh, how she felt across the race. And she also talked about, um, you know, how far women's cycling has come since she started 
you know, when she got first, she was got paid 100 euros a month, she said, when she first started racing and things had come so far. And you could sense that she really wanted it to continue growing and she wanted to be part of that growth going forward. So I'm sure we'll see her around in uh, some form or other, even though she won't be racing anymore. Well, I mean, Annemiek uh, van Vluten is a rider who's kind of had almost many lifetimes in her career on the bike. I mean, she's kind of reinvented herself several, several times. Um, I, I remember uh, going back years ago, like 2016, 2015, and uh, I was making a little project about the murder hui, um, uh, which is obviously the final climb in the in Flesh Wallon. And obviously I went up to uh, Annemiek because she'd finished uh, on the podium uh, not that many years before. Um, and she said, oh, I don't know why you're talking to me. I'm not a climber. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I think Annemiek, I don't know whether she was just totally bobbing me off. I did make her do it in the end, but she, I don't know if she's totally bobbing me off. It must have been 2015 because it was obviously pre, pre-Rio Olympics when she kind of announced herself as, as, a, as a real um, contender uh, on the climbs. Uh, but she has, has so many years of experience. And another rider, uh, obviously, that we've seen kind of um, almost having a breakthrough here is Kashinidia Doma. I mean, she's also a rider that feel has been in the peloton for many, many years. Also a rider who feels a little bit like she's kind of had... Uh, a number of different roles and lifetimes mm. uh, in the peloton already. You know, she was first this kind of young upstart, and then she was uh, kind of a punchy rider, an Arden Classics uh, rider, and now uh, she seems to be a much more complete package on GC um, because. You know, today she finished third very, very, by very, very narrow margins that we'll come on to a little bit later. But let's uh, hear from Kasia Nibia-Doma now. Kasia, uh, another day, another ride where you just rode out of your skin today? Uh, well, we're done, I'm sorry. I wasn't, uh, another, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, another amazing ride from you. You really rode out of your skin. That must be like yeah. the best TT you could imagine. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's really nice to actually see that once you put attention to to one thing, it actually the work pays off. So that is very motivating. Um, I feel like maybe in the past I was focusing too much on one thing, on like just like classics and not really developing my other strengths. So uh, having changed the perspective with my coach definitely made a big difference. And how does it feel, Mountains Jersey, podium place? Uh, at the Tour de France fan? feels definitely amazing. It uh, feels amazing because also I know that, I mean, I've been receiving some messages from my friends from Poland and like sending me pictures of their daughters or uh, sisters wearing a polka dot jerseys already yesterday. So that definitely just makes me makes me smile and makes my heart, heart happy. And obviously it was third on GC last year, third on GC this year, but you must be so delighted with your growth and your performance that, you know, this is you can only go on yeah. from here yeah definitely especially that like my classics were uh, I had more expectations for my classes and I felt like maybe with my trainings I did not do what I was supposed to do given fact that like women cycling is growing so fast and you really have to think more outside of the box and not only repeat the old patterns because as I said the, the growth is so immense and so fast that um, you have to give more of yourself so Definitely, I was happy that before tour I had enough time to actually like focus 100% on my trainings and preparations and little details that would allow me to. What I think is so uh, confidence boosting there from Kashinivi Doma is the fact that 
She put her efforts into the endurance climbs. Uh, she put her efforts into being better at time trialing. And actually, the results really paid off, uh, Lizzie, didn't they? I mean, I think yeah. you've said millions of times before yeah. um, that, you know, we, you know, Kasia seems to be kind of going for both. Uh, be, both she seems to be the leader on the long climbs and she's also the leader on the punchy climbs. And perhaps, you know, it's a, a mentality thing or a preparations thing that could change the results that she could actually get. Yeah, and she's really clearly gone and chosen exactly what she wants to prepare for and and done it and it's made a huge difference. I mean she was ninth she was ninth place in that TT today and you know out of the hundred and whatever riders that were there and that is a significant result. And that's an absolutely huge improvement in her time trialing and she wouldn't be simply wouldn't be on that podium place if she hadn't have put that work in and you know we I, I feel stupid now that we said so many times throughout this Wait week and in the uh, if you're going to say we said that she would lose the podium place, Lizzie, <laughs> I then said, that yeah, is... No, that's true, that's true, that's true. I mean, we, to we, be fair, we, Lizzie, we're the, we're the ones who all, always ask you for fanciful suggestions, but never put any of our own suggestions <laughs> We forward. talked about who might trip up in the time trial, and I repeatedly said that it may be Nevia Doma's um, downfall, but I also said that she needed to put herself out there, and that's what she did yesterday on the Tourmalade, so good job, well done for listening to us, Kasia. But... <laughs> I mean, not only did she put herself out there and she knew that it was her best chance of really, you know, having that top GC spot, she also worked really hard on her weaknesses and, and, blooming heck, did she, did she make a serious difference on, difference on her weakness? Because, yes, she lost time to Kopecky on the line, um, but coming into that halfway check, she was one and a half, two seconds behind and it was really, really impressive, especially after the effort she did yesterday because she was in that valley section on the Tourmalet all on her own. You know, Lotte Kopecky was on the wheel the whole time. Um, I'm not saying Lotte Kopecky didn't do a phenomenal effort. She did, of course, um, but being so low for that long definitely takes the toll. So... Big kudos to, to Kasia Nibidoma and I think that's really exciting having her as sort of the old guard even though she's still quite a very quite a young rider and having the lights of Antonia Niedermeyer who we saw at the Giro of course taking a breakthrough win in the in on the Queen stage in the Giro and Ricardo Bauenfein, those riders coming through as well. You know, we could see something super exciting from Canyon Shram in next year's sort of uh, yeah, well to Giro and Tour, depending on the parkour. Yeah, I mean, I think it shows that even though she slipped down one place in GC today, it was still an excellent result for her and for the whole team, actually. And as you say, it's really bodes well for the future. Uh, I was there when Magnus Baxter was told that she'd lost out on second place by two tenths of a second to, to Lotte Kopecky. But, you know, after the initial disappointment, he was uh, then hugging his, uh, you know, uh, staff and uh, crew and uh, they were clearly well we saw them what didn't they didn't we as we left uh, the car park absolutely you know cheering with delight they they feel they've had an excellent excellent tour and so has Cassie. Yeah, retaining the podium was that goal really and um, and yeah she didn't get second but she retained the podium and took the poker dots as well so huge achievement. Well I've spoken to speaking to Beth Durea um, uh, who's a DS at Canyon SRAM at the beginning uh, well no just just after the finish actually and I said you know I was kind of trying to get a a temperature of how Kasia might be feeling because obviously by missing out on by so little you know you could be really disappointed but Beth said you know she's really happy and you know at the beginning of the week if you said polka dots and a third on the GC yeah. podium she would have bitten your hand off um, and we did see them as you said Denny all of the the whole team all the staff all dressed in polka dots um, 
celebrating the end. She obviously had her, she was on her polka dot uh, time trial bike today uh, and I got a, because I've been going around with the Polaroid camera all week um, on unsuspecting uh, riders. And normally if, I, if I'm taking a picture of them and they look a bit unhappy, I have to run away before it makes a really, because it makes a really big <laughs> flash and then a really big, so I have to scurry away before they see what I'm doing. But um, you know, I got a great uh, snap of her just just after the finish line, celebrating with all of her uh, teammates, and she was absolutely elated uh, to have put in that fantastic time trial and got uh, such a fantastic result. But we haven't actually even spoken about Lottie Kopecky, who was the one who pipped her uh, on GC. And I, it's kind of like, you know, what can we say? Because Lottie Kopecky in no way was a GC rider you know we saw yesterday on the tourmalet we were thinking what is she doing you know hang, you know, just hanging on the back of that uh, group not coming to pull for demi volling but she didn't really need to uh, all turns out in the end um and just managing to hold on for so long and then put in a fantastic time trial um well let's hear from her because she gives us a bit of a play-by-play -play about you know how she was thinking uh, what was she was thinking on the tourmalet uh, as well in this interview Lottie uh, at the beginning of the week I said what was one thing you could guarantee and you said uh, one SD works stage win <laughs> so how does it feel now um, yeah that was not the lie <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's been a crazy week for us I mean um, I'm very proud on the whole team I mean uh, Demi wearing yellow, Marlon winning a stage, Lorena winning a stage. Um, yeah, we have also super good domestics who we really may not forget. I mean, they do a lot of work for us, and also because of this, this we uh, we are this good. And um, yeah, we everybody now is talking about us, but I think a lot of people forget them. And you know, how does it feel? You now got the green jersey, and I mean, when did you find out about being second on the podium? <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was third, but then in, uh, when I was behind the podium, they showed me the result and said, you're second. I said, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty tight and, uh, yeah, really nice to, to be second, actually. Did you have any idea that that stage one crazy attack that you made would be actually key to being second on GC? No, not at all, because I thought that on Tourmalet would have been on 20 minutes. <laughs> How was that? I mean, that was an amazing ride yesterday. Did you know going into it that you had a good chance of like staying in the group or was it just the dynamics of the race that got you up there? No, before we were like, yeah, I had to try on, try and to hang on as long as possible because as long as I was there, yeah, it was good for Demi. Um, but then uh, I was like, I saw it in my, on my Garmin, I was like, okay, 17k, then I was 12, 10, 7, I'm still here, what the f***? <laughs> Six, five, and then Demi went. I was like, ah, Demi. <laughs> but yeah, she was, uh, of course, free to go. Um, and then, yeah, I was just like trying to hang on. I mean, the team also said, like, you're riding for podium. Uh, Annemiek's not that far from you. So I just uh, gave everything till the finish line. And um, yeah, I think there I surprised myself the most uh, the whole week. And how has it been wearing yellow pretty much all week, winning green? What's the reaction been back home? Yeah, um, I'm very proud wearing the green, uh, the yellow jersey the whole week. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, in Belgium, um, yeah, I th yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> What's the reaction? What's, uh, have you heard? Had messages from home? The press must be. I mean, the Belgian press always go crazy, right? Yeah. Whenever there's yeah, <laughs> any chance yeah. of anything. I think Riddle can answer this question better. <laughs> yeah, they went crazy for sure. 
official line is they went crazy. Well done, Lottie. Well, that was Lottie Kopecky, second uh, overall. I mean, that's just <laughs> a totally bizarre thing, isn't it, Lizzie? We were kind of pegging her for a green jersey, and you know, we were, and even we were even saying Lottie Kopecky's going to be furious on that stage when Emma Norsgaard won because she really could have grabbed uh, another yeah. sprint victory. And what's she going to feel at the end of the? the week but she's going to feel absolutely delighted and surprised like the rest of us it's really interesting i was thinking about that earlier and you know had stage one have panned out differently and had lorena vibas have taken the yellow jersey mm. instead of her i don't think we'd have seen this because i think the fact that she was in the yellow jersey from stage one meant that she was in a protected position not that sd works did any work the whole week anyway but <laughs> in case anyone's forgotten in case Just, anyone wasn't yeah, clear having listened to all of our podcasts every night but but that was really interesting because, OK, of course, we know that she gained 43 seconds on the GC rivals there. Overall, she gained 24 seconds in bonus seconds. But that but that 43 seconds didn't actually make a difference back to the fourth place rider, which was Van Vluten. But I just think that it was having that yellow jersey that was like, OK, well, we've got it. Let's protect it now. Mm-hmm. And so then... In a, in a different scenario where she may have been doing more work for the team and then may have then just dropped. Or even, for instance, on the stage when Yara Castelline won and there was this steep climb to the finish, she wasn't in contention for that, for that you know, for those podium spots there and she would have just lost a lot more time. But because she had the yellow jersey, she pushed on. And so winning stage one was the catalyst for her getting second overall because every day it sort of snowballed and then got to the tourmalet and she was still in the picture and quite a few seconds ahead. And because of the way the racing happened on the tourmalet and because the cold aspan wasn't that steep, then actually, you know, there was 17 k's to the finish and she was still in it. And it was only five k's to go where it kicked off. So it was only really those last five k's where she could lose the time. And then that was when she surprised herself. So it's really interesting, you know, if we look back to the days of Mara, Mara Abbott when we had the very typically skinny, skinny climbers, and it's just not how it is these days. You know, all of the best climbers in the world are very strong, very powerful. Longo Borghini, Demi Vollering, an incredibly powerful rider, Annemiek van Vluten. You know, there's no reason why Lotte Kopecky couldn't reinvent herself. I think she's already sort of done it and, and mm. become a, a GC, GC leader. Hasn't Lottie Kopecky got enough on her plate? I mean, we don't know that at the World Championship she's doing track and road. Like, let, let Lottie maybe have Maybe that's break, how we bring Lizzie. her down. We just give her too much to deal with and then uh, maybe we'll bring her down some way. Otherwise she'll just of beat course, us in every single race. Of course, she did also uh, take advantage of a little bit the uh, game playing on the tourmalet and the, the race dynamics uh, that was going on, uh, of course. But, yeah, it, that was an incredible ride from her and what uh, it's just unbelievable to see her second on on gc isn't it yeah, and green jersey green jersey and second on absolutely GC. i mean it's an amazing week <laughs> for her and uh, and what as you said rose just what an incredibly versatile rider hmm. she'll be racing track in the world she's she said after the interviews that she's going off to glasgow tomorrow i think it is to uh, prepare for that and then she and then she'll be going back to the road races where and you wouldn't put it past her to win the world championships would you absolutely she has a very very good chance very good chance yeah and finally a chance to race against her current teammates so uh, it'll be a very tasty race the cycling podcast of the 2023 tour de france femme is supported by science in sport science in sport fueled by science Few human beings on earth have what it takes to compete in the Tour. 
The strain on the body and mind is so great. The specially developed SIS Go Energy and Caffeine Gels are scientifically formulated to keep both body and mind in peak condition, meaning all you have to do is focus on holding your nerve until you cross the finish line. Developed for pro athletes, available to all. Always fueled by science. Well, of course, the yellow jersey wasn't the only uh, prize that was decided today, was it? The Peddlers to Charm, the cycling podcast Peddlers to Charm, uh, was also decided today. And we thank you for your uh, everyone's suggestions. Uh, we had suggestions for Cecily Ludwig. She won it last year, so you kind of can't win it uh, twice. Uh, Cassia Nevia Doma, of course. Um, Fantastic performance on the tourmalade. She's always charming. But she's got them. a polka dot um, jersey, Kasia. so she doesn't need a cup She's as well. got a polka dot jersey. She's got exactly. plenty and bike. to um, We, of course, yeah. had Liana Lipper, who takes home a stage win because she had such a wonderful celebration, such a wonderful interview that was just full of joy and happiness. Uh, but she takes home a stage win. And uh, also Yara Castelline of Phoenix to Kerning, also a stage uh, winner for being just... <laughs> All around charming. The whole family were pretty charming, weren't they? The whole family were pretty charming. Um, uh, But again, and she also won the most combative uh, rider of the week. Well deserved. Well deserved. Very well deserved. Give us a little drum roll, please, Uh, Denny. The winner of the Peddlers de Charm 2023 Tour de France fam is Marta Troyan. Of Phoenix to Kerning. Now, Marta, you might remen- remember her because uh, she was she's Yara Castelline's teammate. And on the day that Yara Castelline won, uh, she was asked by this one year whether she wanted to. Dr- she needed to drink more water, keep hydrated, and she said, "No, I'm not drinking anything but champagne." Um, <laughs> so uh, we've tried to give her something to drink her champagne. Uh, from because we had presented her with a lovely uh, Stacey Schneider mug. Uh, let's hear that now. Well, Marta, I'm delighted to say that our listeners uh, from the Cycling Podcast have deemed that you are the peddlers to charm, the most charming <laughs> rider uh, in the race, and they've awarded you this mug. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> it's nice. I didn't expect it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, there's not very many of them. I think the only other winners that have ever, ever had them are... Elisa Longo Borghini about two years ago, oh. and Cecily Ludwig last then year. Then the future look bra- looks bright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, were, they wanted you uh, to have it because of your fantastic uh, interviews that you gave, <laughs> saying that you want to drink, sh- well, you can drink champagne in that mug. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I will drink this evening uh, champagne and uh, yeah, Belgian fries, chocolate. <laughs> I think we deserve it. I think we did a really good uh, tour with the team and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was my first uh, Grand Tour. And um, we had a really nice training camp before and we only could dream about this tour. We were almost every day on the podium. Um, even uh, Yara is a super competitive. So it's, yeah, it's really nice. And uh, I was really happy to be proud of this, this all. And uh, I hope to come back next year. And have a new, uh, <laughs> new one. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure your music uh, made the difference in the end. Your, your choice of music and your playlists in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but then, um, Sonic Ant is our DJ, so uh, oh, she, she uh, give the mug back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she give it and we, we all sing and uh, yeah, it's a really nice DJ. Uh, we are happy with Sana in the team, uh, so yeah, I, I really liked uh, the atmosphere in the in the team and in this tour. Well, that was Marta Troyan who. 
she was just even more charming again, wasn't she really, Denny? Um, just so lovely and uh, I just loved her reaction to hearing about the other peddlers to charm uh, and saying that she had a bright future then. Yeah, I hope she realises just how important that award is. Yes, yeah, yes. Because well, I love a great reaction also, you know, just uh, someone who was really thrilled to be kind of... Uh, Noted and uh, and Lizzie, but actually we've actually come across Marta Troyan already, haven't we this year? Yeah, because she was and, third and at Paris totally which is incredible because obviously she was in that breakaway uh, with Alison Jackson, uh, Katia Ragusa was Katia Ragusa yeah. came uh, second, so uh, it's fantastic. Well, she's just obviously gone up and up and up this year from yeah. Paris Bay podium to, to, to the Cyclist Charm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the, uh, the the cycling statistics sites need to put Peddlers to Charm Awards Somewhere. up there because it's such a big honour and they they're not, not recognising it enough. Exactly, and, and I can never actually remember who's won it in the past, so it would be helpful <laughs> for me uh, also. We also had other big winners lower down in the GC uh, competition, uh, didn't we? Uh, Juliette Labousse being, being one of them. Um, Obviously Top a five. French favourite, so she gets plenty of, of uh, attention uh, over here in France. But you caught up with her, uh, Denny, didn't you, at the back of the team buses? I did, and the atmosphere there was, uh, was one of jubilation. All of her teammates cheering her in as she uh, rode into the, to, towards the team bus. Uh, lots of fans there kind of cheering her on and singing songs about her, and uh, she was absolutely delighted. Yeah, I'm really happy, uh, especially after the start I had. Uh, yeah, we said we will see in the end of the week what it gives and the price is really good. Um, I get really everything every day, so I'm really happy. Take a step back to yesterday, how, how, much, how much frustration was there in the evening? Uh, you tried and tried it again and, and yet didn't win the time there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I could be a bit frustrated, but I tried to not think too much about it and maybe I did too much, but also the others didn't do really a lot, so it's not only on me and yeah, I was still happy to be with the best and actually to be a bit playing which was actually nice and I felt good so I took confidence out of it and I could feel the recovery was good so I just took motivation out of it. Take us a bit through the time trial. You started and it was quite loud um, <laughs> around here. How, how was it out there? <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I heard so many people cheering for me. I could not even hear the radio anymore. It was uh, yeah, just really awesome. And uh, time splits, did you have them? When did you know that you have Norman? Yeah, I actually didn't know really because I could not really hear much in the downhill and. But then my DS told me that I was close to Mont Bleu, and so I was like, well, must be not too bad then. And uh, then I just gave everything to the end, and I caught Anna Santesteban, which was also motivating for me. Well, that was Juliette Labousse, and she actually started really on the back foot and was really dejected on stage, in tears, in fact, after the finish uh, on stage one, because she had lost quite a chunk of time uh, when Lottie Kopecky uh, attacked uh, on that final climb in that stage. Uh, but actually, the time that she lost didn't come into it, did it, today? No, uh, Rose and I got the calculator out again yeah. and worked out that the time loss didn't actually make any difference to her GC position on the grand scheme of things, although I'm, I'm waiting for a, a live fact check. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you worked out that 43 seconds off of 4.48 was still more than four minutes. So, yeah, great job. Well done. Right. Yes. Well done, Denny. It's worth it. You deserve you know, every that second day. beer. <laughs> You've got in your every hand. day our, uh, our calculator gets bigger and bigger. We actually have a separate vehicle now. Just uh, like, like the publicity Super caravan computer. that just, yeah. like, just drives around that calculator. We should get a sponsored by Casio, shouldn't we? That is a great oh. idea. 
that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but yes, it was fantastic from Juliette Laboose and and. I thought what was remarkable, because so much of this also comes down to psychology, doesn't it, is that she really bounced back, didn't she, Lizzie? I mean, we saw her making attack after attack after attack on the Tourmalet, mm. on the stage that Yara Castelline won. We saw that she was kind of the driving force. She wanted to get away and make some time up on her rivals. I mean, she kind of had to, uh, bearing in mind that she'd lost the time uh, already. But um, it was a really kind of uh, resilient performance, I thought, from Juliette Labousse. Yeah, even on the second stage, the day after that she'd lost that, well, 43 seconds to her GC rivals, a lot more to Lotta Capecchi, who turned out to be the GC rival as well. Um, Even on the (laughs) second stage, she was already attacking. She was kind of like, right, I'm going to put this behind me and I'm going to go again. Um, And it's just so important because, you know, shit happens and you have to be able to deal with it. You have to be able to bounce back. Even if, you know, say you've got a, a day like the Tourmalet and the Aspen, you know, you might really struggle on one climb and then come back and then be able to smash it on the rest so just being able to kind of put one bad moment behind you even Emma Norsgaard you know we heard that um, at the beginning of her day she was in such a bad mood she had to drink three coffees before she could even like speak to anybody (laughs) and she was so tired she just didn't know how she was going to face it and then she ended up winning the stage so Mm. it's about just sort of going with what you've got in that moment and and it may change at any time and yeah, no, I think it was I think it was really great the way that Juliette the Boost bounced back and didn't didn't give up until the end and she was rewarded by jumping up from sixth into fifth on G C and that's a huge result of the Tour de France. Yeah, a huge result and uh continues a great year for her. Um her team had so much confidence in, in oh, yeah. her as well, didn't they? And I think that must have been, you know, enormously helpful. Um because she, as you said, she was so resilient and she was on the front foot. She wasn't kind of playing it safe. It was nice to see someone attacking, not yeah. afraid to attack, not afraid to kind of lose more time uh, throughout the race. So she really kind of uh, animated things. And she, of course, she's only 24, uh, clearly really improved in her time trialing. And you know, when we look ahead to what's going to happen in future tours um, and who's going to challenge Demi Vollering, uh, you know, I guess she'll be one that we'll be looking to because uh, she's still got room for improvement by the looks of it. Yeah, obviously you say there that she's uh, only 24. Uh, Denny, of course, in the in the women's Tour de France, the the classification of the young uh, rider jersey is is lower than it is in in the men's uh, Tour de France. Um, and but we did see uh, a fantastic performance from the winner there, Cedrine Kerbal, who's Kerbal. I can't believe I've done that. That's awful. <laughs> the number of times we've said her name this week. Oh, she's probably the only rider that's got a mention. Every single day, I would say. She's definitely yeah, she appeared has. a lot, and I just totally messed it up on the last... You can see I, I've already checked out, haven't I? I've already checked out of this podcast, and we haven't even finished. Cedrine <laughs> um, uh, Kerbol, um, I mean, she's had the white jersey uh, from the start. She's 22, so she won't, she won't qualify uh, for it next year, but she was by far the most uh, popular of all the riders uh, on the podium today, wasn't she? Yeah, she had a massive fan club with her, kind of lots of Brittany flags, waving and at the, uh, the uh, final podium ceremony huge cheers for her probably louder than any other rider got at the end of the race uh, and then she went to do her interview with france uh to tv and uh there was said dream said dream said dream wow the crowd chanting for her. oh yeah it was absolutely uh, incredible wasn't it yeah it was it was and uh and she seems to have uh you know she's obviously probably had a lot of attention here in france but she seems to have taken it all with great humor she's always got time for the media and um, 
yeah she's she's one to watch i guess in the future because she's obviously an excellent time trialist have being french time trial champion um okay she you know wasn't in the top of the standings today but as you say she's she's a young rider and that's what the young young rider classification is for so uh yeah it's great to hear from her and she had a a slightly tense battle with Ella Wiley, who of course made up time with her on the Tourmalet, so we uh, asked about that too. Um, first of all, congratulations on a, an amazing week. Um, you seem to have the biggest fan club here. How, how is it to have such a great reception? Yeah, it's really crazy. I was not expecting as much people cheering for me. Uh, like well, my family, my friend, my teammates or so would join me in the podium, so it was just insane. <laughs> How would you sum up how the week's gone for you and the battle for the young riders classification? Yeah, in general it was really a good week, quite every day. Uh, only a crash, um, who made me a little bit scared. Uh, I slept really bad the day after, uh, so the day before Tourmalet. So, yeah, in my head I was a little bit stressed about it, but now it's finished and everything is good. Yeah, I mean, it looked like the, the battle for the white jersey was kind of heating up yesterday with Ella Wiley kind of in your group and then eventually she kind of uh, kind of lost you on the, on the climb. Can you talk, talk me through how that went for you? Um, yeah, like we stay in contact in Aspen. Um, I think she dropped one time, she came back with a group. She dropped in the downhill and she came back again with a group and after she tried to attack me a few times. The three first time I came back in TT mode but the last time at 3k from the finish, I couldn't follow. So I finished with 44 seconds um, after her. But uh, yeah, yesterday was always at two minutes. And will there be celebrations tonight, Sadrine? Yeah, I think we will uh, uh, all join us with family, friends uh, and uh, uh, the team for sure. And uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> have a dinner all together. Well, that was Sadrine. <laughs> who I believe also uh, actually you know we say that she's from Brittany there's lots of Brittany flags but she also lives in in Po um, wow. here so you know lots of ha local uh, fans lots of friends and family uh, would have been there to uh, cheer her on and uh, you know she's just uh, had that white jersey uh, the whole time we did hear a little bit uh, from another, uh, our fellow podcasters uh, Rebecca Charlton uh, and Danny Shrewsbury that um, that actually Cedrine was uh, told Ella Wiley to sort of uh, back off at one point because uh, Ella Wiley who was also in the running for the white jersey competition was kind of like her shadow all week but you know that's going to happen isn't it if, but you're, that, if yeah, you're wearing that all week that, you know? that's part of the mental who else game is, that's part exactly, of the mental who else game is Ella Wiley you know, going to be looking at I remember when Anna van der Brecken told Clara Koppenberg to get off her wheel and Clara Koppenberg like she she broke she Anna van der Brecken broke her mentally she got off her wheel and then as soon as Clara Koppenberg did van der Brecken attacked so it's you know it's understanding when the riders say f you or off or whatever <laughs> you have to you have to ignore it it's part of the game around. you know you don't want to Can be inside the women's peloton it is really not not a pleasant place sometimes <laughs> there are a lot of naughty words going on in there definitely a, a rated zone um, <laughs> but but taking that pressure and you know like we saw with Vollering and Van Vluten yesterday just being able to shrug shrug off they're like well you know I'm not going to work if you're not and keep your cool. That is all part of it. Well, uh, we should say talk a little bit more uh, about where we stand now. Um, with everything wrapped up, we come to the end of our time at the Tour de France. 
Um, but looking into the future, um, next year we have a proper Grand Depart, uh, don't we, in the Netherlands, uh, Denny. And uh, I, I mean, obviously it's a Grand Depart of like three days, but that actually becomes almost half the race, yeah. doesn't it? Well, it's only seven days next year. There's going to be a split stage, apparently, as well, to make it eight stages. But, but yeah, so... Go on, Lizzie. Do you know don't that let, currently... Don't, no, don't, Lizzie, don't let him get to the end know, of the sentence. No, I, You're right. I, I want to listen. <laughs> currently, no, split no. stages are not are not permitted in, in World Tour. Ooh, so okay. either they're not going to do that or there's going to have to be a change of regulations, which is quite crazy. But but no, do continue, Tony. That's, what's, that's what they've proposed at the moment, but currently it's not allowed. So it's just kind of crazy that they've proposed it. But sorry, carry on. Yeah. Do continue, but do feel chided. Well, that's all right. <laughs> I've, I've felt a bit chided all week, to be honest. <laughs> It's no, I, I, it it's just now. it's kind of crazy that they proposed it despite it being against the UCI rules. So it's just this like really weird thing because when was so the last we'll time that you heard a split stage in a women's or men's world tour race? Never, yeah, happen, yeah, yeah, it used allowed. to be very normal, didn't it? Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, assuming you assume ASO has a thought about that before they announced it, but yeah, three stages in the Netherlands, of course, the Netherlands had. 27 riders uh, I think starting the, the race this week and uh, more than any other nationality so it seems uh, given their domination uh, in racing it seems fitting that it's starting there of course it's going to be slightly later next year uh, it's, it will follow the Olympics but it will be placed before the Paralympics so um, yeah lots to look forward to and of course uh, I'm sure Damie Vollering will be looking forward to defending her title on home soil very much and she she even was asked a little bit about it um starting uh in rotterdam and she said that her, her parents are from there that she grew up uh in her very early uh life was kind of, was near rotterdam so it's very much i mean the netherlands is not a very big country is it um to be honest but uh she grew up near there so you know it'd be very it would be uh particularly special but i mean now we know that annemiek uh van fluten uh is retiring um I mean, Ashley Mormon Patio actually said to me that she's yeah going to do a, another year <laughs> on the bike. And so it's like, you know, when am I ever going to not hear uh, Ashley Mormon Patio is doing another year and another year. Um, but it's kind of been a, a bit of a changing of the guard, hasn't it, Lizzie? Um, and now I think uh, that Demi Vollering has got this yellow jersey. Um, I mean, this is going to be such a confidence boost to someone that probably doesn't need uh, a confidence boost. Yeah, although I kind of think that she does. And, you know, it's ridiculous to say because she's been so dominant this year. But what really struck me when listening to her interview earlier was that you could tell by the tone of her voice, the way that she was speaking, how relaxed she was. This was the normal demi-vollering. Like the normal demi-vollering that you would go to the cafe with, go on a Sunday ride with. She was so chilled it had such a different vibe to her interview to any that we've ever heard before even after a race before a race throughout this whole week um and she was just so relaxed you know she was so relaxed she'd finally achieved what she needed to achieve she didn't need to prove anything to anyone and i wonder if this will will help her be be more relaxed and have less pressure going into things and you know remember how we used to say about anna van der brechen that um you know, she was almost too relaxed. She she would come across the line and like not really celebrate, like, oh, I've won again and again and again. Um, and maybe we don't want her to be that relaxed because we still want her to have the enjoyment and the, you know, the pure thrill that you get from winning. But I think that having a little bit of that, that relaxation from those vibes that we heard post-race 
going into some of the other races would help her, would really help take that pressure off and help her perform to an even higher level? Well, um, we're already looking forward to next year, of course, but it is, all, you know, we've just finished uh, 2023 Tour de France fam. We just wrapped it up. And obviously, Denny, you taking your debut. Thank you very much for being my uh, buddy uh, in the car and on the race. You know, how have you, how have you enjoyed it? Oh, it's been an enormously uh, uh, enjoyable. Uh, I've tried to soak it all in. This is, I know we've done this, this package of firsts, but actually everything's been a first for me, you know, from going up to riders and kind of, uh, you know, trying to get an interview with them uh, when they're just uh, sweating and uh, tearful and emotional after the line, <laughs> which just when my, you know, I think uh, this is the last thing anyone wants uh, and trying to get over that kind I'm of like, feeling. Of not, yeah, you've been time. pushing me into the riders, <laughs> forcing me to ask some questions. So, um, yeah, it's been a massive education. Rose, you've been brilliant. Lizzie, oh. you've been brilliant. I've really enjoyed myself. And from a sporting perspective as well, it's been a... It's been a brilliant week, actually. I mean, I think today was slightly anticlimactic, although, you know, it still had its drama with the battle for the podium. But actually, every other stage has been full of surprises. It's been a great week of racing. There hasn't been a, a, a snore fest at all on any stage. Uh, so from a sporting perspective and from a kind of personal perspective, just getting to know how it all works and just, yeah, just it's just been absolutely eye-opening. I've absolutely loved it. Oh, I'm very glad to hear that. Denny, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have you along and, you know, your insight has been so good and also uh, also trying to kind of shake off the uh, cautious side of you <laughs> and uh, force you into driving very fast and dangerously and uh, kind of uh, I did take us riders. down the tourmalet in uh, two-metre two visibility last night. You did, you did. Apparently a cautious driver is the best driver in those situations. I did say that, I did say. A cautious driver is good uh, when it's missed like that, but less so when you're kind of up against it to get to the finish. But we can work on that. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure, but you know what, it's so uh, interesting you know, talk about the sporting perspective of this race, but I mean, it, what I've loved about this race is that it has been so, it's had a very different character to last year's race, and I know there was kind of, a, obviously, last year's race being the, the inaugural race uh, in the current form, there was a lot of fanfare uh, about it, so kind of everything got kind of swept up with that, but the, the character of the racing has been so different you know it hasn't just built to the final mountain stage um and we've had so many breakaways succeed uh, as an overall spectacle it's it's been fantastic and different and it's been great to see uh yeah a different side to race a, a different tour de france fan already only in the second edition yeah what struck me as well was just simply the number of people out on the road and we saw we saw in the men's tour de france this year there's been more fans on the roadside than ever before due to the Netflix effect and you know I have to say I was pretty frustrated last year when uh, Netflix went out and said they were going to cover the men's Tour de France and not yes. the women's despite it being the first one and despite there always being so much drama and you know last year's edition was so drama filled of course with Van Vluten's uh, tummy trouble <laughs> right in the beginning of the race but this year <laughs> no, was exactly there, the same Lizzie, <laughs> this year was exactly the same and uh, yeah. you know it, it it would be such a great way to grow our sport but you know putting Netflix to one side we I'm not saying they wouldn't be helpful but 
look what's happened without that mm. it's incredible you know we thought i thought kind of oh i really last year there was this this sense that like oh god i really hope people come out i really hope people come out because we've we've yeah. been asking for this for so long and then they came and it was validation and then this year there was still that kind of like oh you know maybe they only came because it was the first year are they actually going to come this year and every single day you know especially stages two to seven two to six sorry which were during the week um it was phenomenal how many people were lining the roadside every single day. Clermont Ferrand just so deep, the roads yeah. Mariac. Yes, I couldn't believe, yeah. like, I don't know, 10 people deep sometimes by the side of the road. Absolutely phenomenal. And the appetite for women cycling online, on the TV, on the side of the road um, is just growing and growing. And it is really just reward for the hard work that so many people not just riders, staff, media, journalists, so many people have put in for so many years to to show how beautiful this sport is because it's an amazing sport, it's a thrilling sport and I'm so glad that the Tour de France has been able to, to show that this week to such a wide audience. Well, we have right now a situation where a small toddler on a recorder is kind of <laughs> playing, you know, when an Oscars uh, speech goes on too long and they start, the uh, music starts piping up to try and cut the uh, people off. Uh, that's the situation uh, that we have right now, uh, but with a, a toddler playing a, a recorder um, in the street. So um, I think it's time for us to go. I mean... Uh, Denny, we're going to go and enjoy uh, the beauty of Poe, which, you know, I, I have been very much underplaying because I actually was confusing Poe with Gap, which is, Gap is very much a kind of more industrial town where just all the riders, uh, all the teams stay in hotels when you're kind of near the outdoors. Uh, but Poe is actually a really beautiful town full of old streets uh, and beautiful squares. So, you know, we have plenty to enjoy. So we should probably kind of uh, push on, shouldn't we? We should. We should. We've still got a beer to drink. We'll finish. We do. And while we finish our beer, we're gonna, we have uh, plenty of thank yous uh, to give, uh, of course, to uh, our sponsors, uh, to uh, Science in Sport, who have sponsored us for so, so many years. Um, to uh, Matt, who we've heard from uh, from Lionel uh, a few times this week. Uh, of course, to our producers who do such a wonderful job in turning uh, our podcast around incredibly quickly, incredibly quickly, haven't they? So and cutting uh, out all of the rubbish. <laughs> yes, flipping out. That's a big uh, job. Gosh, yes, it's a, a big job and nobody wants it. But luckily, Hugh, Adam, uh, John, and Tom uh, take it on for us and. Turn us, turn it around. So I think we're probably the quickest podcast out there. I want to, don't want to bring our uh, we, we had a, into we it. Had a, we had a, we uh, had a photo shoot earlier, didn't we, Rose? We did, we did, a, we did have an Anchorman style, uh, you know, an Anchorman where they all, all of the different news crews fight in the square. Uh, it was a bit of that uh, kind of standoff uh, with the other podcasters on the Tour de France. Uh, fam. I think we won. We definitely had the. Uh, biggest um hairy (laughs) 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 keep that in because i have no idea what's coming next we definitely got the biggest hairy windshields haven't we uh denny of all of the uh podcasters uh uh that are are out here um of course massive thank you to uh lionel burney and daniel freeb um who have uh, allowed us to uh, come out here and uh, 
Of course, most importantly, the listeners, thank you uh, for coming along for the ride uh, with us. And, uh, and thank you to all the people who came up to us on the roadside and uh, introduced themselves. Uh, we met Tim and uh, Yahong, didn't we? And Nicola and Jonathan, uh, who was there, who were here last year, in fact, and said hello then. Uh, and thank you for coming up and kind of making us feel very special as we just get on with our jobs. But I cannot forget, of course, Denny, I've already thanked you. I mean, do you deserve two lots of thanks? No. Yeah. Um, no, no, okay, fine. No, no I think, uh, and, uh, when it, you know, beginner's, beginner's luck? No, beginner's welcome. I don't know. No, uh, Denny, it's been wonderful having you here and you've just taken to it like a, a duck to water and just really thrown yourself into it and I really appreciate uh uh, you doing that and it's been just great to have uh, a friend out on the road uh, here at the Tour de France No I've absolutely, I've really really enjoyed it and thank you Rose as well for kind of taking me under your wing and teaching me how it all works uh, Taking you under the wing and then pushing you out into the Yeah telling me to, to man Throwing you out of the nest, yeah, off you go get on Fly on your own um, <laughs> If I returned I'd definitely bring a bigger calculator and, and uh, oh, yes. work on my maths We, but need, a, uh, we need like a, a ma- uh, just a separate vi- a truck for the, yes. you know, it just gets bigger and bigger every day, doesn't it? The old <laughs> calculator uh, <laughs> does. Uh, before this totally descends, uh, the bombman has brought us a couple of shots for absolutely no reason. Um, Lizzie, thank you so, so much uh, for being here and giving us your, well, the most honest and uh, <laughs> accurate opinions. We were uh, saying we earlier, Lizzie, in the car, that uh, we can't think of another rider who would say it like it is like you do you know about your kind of fellow pros and uh, it's just <laughs> such a, a you know a rare joyous thing to have that kind of insight to a race and an, ins- an insight to the peloton so uh, we've really really uh, appreciated it and been very grateful for it haven't we rose absolutely and even more so lizzie so know that you're kind of heartbroken to not be here racing your yourself but you know we all the listeners will just be so um proud and delighted to hear from you uh, every night and give your opinions and we can we can only hope that we see you here uh, in future i don't want you to want to be talking to you next year i want <laughs> to be uh that you're in the mix only you don't even want to talk to us next year oh well thank you both it's been a pleasure to be a part of and um yeah i'm really glad that we could make it work me being from being here from home because it is it's the biggest and now in my opinion the best race on the calendar and the the riders made it so but without people like you reporting on the ground um we wouldn't be able to share these stories with with the people that really matter who are the the listeners and the viewers and um yeah really really happy to be able to be a part of part of uh, the team to share those stories so thank you both it's been a brilliant week well uh thank you you two we're gonna have to uh, what is this actually denny have you drink your sambuca i think uh, i'm not sure what that is actually it smells very strong um Honey, honey-ish honey-ish oh, i'm just gonna down like, it uh, okay denny's just this is fantastic what was it that was delicious. Okay, it was delicious. Okay, so we're going <laughs> to head off now to have our shots, uh, which have been filled to the brim uh, with delicious. Uh, thank you, uh, listeners, for following us along. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, all your kind comments have been taken and have been so uh, appreciated uh, this week. Um, till, well, not next month because it's the world, uh, but uh, until September, we'll, uh, we'll reconvene then. The Cycling Podcast was created in 2013 by Richard Moore, Daniel Freib and Lionel Burney.
When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.